following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, October 4th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 33. Welcome to the latest edition of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, today we get to talk about another win for the Cowboys. Cowboys beat Carolina Panthers 36-28 in a game that had a lot of different parts of it. In the early parts of the game, it was pretty close. Cowboys then took a big lead. Then they started to see it dwindle a little bit. And then obviously they pull out the win at the end. So we're going give to you, give you guys an idea of what we thought of that game. There were lots of thing to, things to discuss. Let's start first with the big picture. What's the big picture story of this game as we do every Monday? Let's start first with you, Nick. They they won when they needed to. They needed to get in the third quarter, and in this game I felt like was slipping away a little bit at halftime. I didn't have a good feeling about it. Yeah, and they just kind of they yeah they I didn't <laughs> they're, think, like, oh, they're not winning this. I game. didn't think they I didn't think they were going to win it, and yeah. then they just exploded and just did what good teams do. They just kind of figure out ways to adjust and go in there and, and, and won you know they won the game and you know I thought. I thought it was it was a close one score game. That's what it ended up being. But I mean, I thought it was a game against a good physical football team, and they they were better than them. I guess if you're talking big picture, all 17 games, I just I don't know what you're supposed to do with this offense. That's the big yeah. thing for me. For other teams, right? Yeah. In a good way. I I just week by week they just keep stacking ways that they can beat you and yeah obviously the ground game fueled it all this week but the way that they played off it as well and it's interesting I know Michael Gallup's hurt so that changes things but Kellen Moore loves him some 12 personnel man and and it works they ran for 245 yards in this game or was it 55 either way a boatload of yards and a big and then the reason I brought up 12 personnel is Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin come on and are and hold their own in the blocking game. I don't think they're so good in space, but when they're on the line and are just going after their guys, they're more than adequate. Yeah. Yeah. And then that opens up so many other things. Jarwin gets in the end zone for the first time this season. Schultz with another touchdown. Just the way that you can play off of those things. And just week by week, the Cowboys are showing you 18 different ways they can beat you. They can sling it around with the best of them, especially when Gallup comes back. They've got two two tight ends who help in the running and passing game. They've got a quarterback who knows how to spread it around and doesn't care who the ball goes to. And they've got the best one-two running back duo in the league. I said that as a question because I was trying to think if I'm like, is there a better one? If there is, I can't think of it. Zeke and Tony Pollard are, are playing on another level right now. And so... When you think about the big picture and how this team is going to win games, there can't be more than three or four defenses in the league that can really match up and stop these guys. Maybe not even that many. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive what they're doing. And I think the, the story of that game, when you look at it just from the way they played 
it is the running game. Obviously, uh, 245 yards. Zeke had 20 carries for 143 yards with a touchdown. Uh, Pollard put in another 10 carries for 67 yards. I mean, it's just really impressive. I would. I haven't done the study, but I would suspect if you took Pollard's numbers for the season. He's probably up there with some lead backs around the league, and he's getting this as a secondary back here in Dallas behind Zeke. I believe I read this morning he's leading the league in yards per carry. and That, Zeke, that doesn't surprise Zeke's me. Zeke's top five, by the way, before yeah. we get all worried about it. Yeah. Um, and also, I said all of that without really mentioning the offensive line. Uh, they mauled those guys. I mean, they – and. We, we talk a lot about Tyler Biotish, and maybe the pass protection's not where you want it to be. It's not as amazing as it could be. They're pretty damn good in the run game. I mean, second straight week, really yeah. third straight week, they've just blown the opposition over. And this was the number one run defense in the league that they just destroyed. Yeah, Nick, I'll give you a chance to sound off about this running game, particularly because I know going into last week, one of the things, and I can't remember if he said it on the show or if it was just in conversations that we had, but you were like, hey, I'm looking at this opposing defense, and yeah, they, they're aggressive and they come at you, and, and they're fast, which means they're probably a little light, which also means you might be able to push them around, yeah. and I think that's what we saw yesterday. Yeah, that's exactly what we saw, and I, and I think we're done saying that uh, Terrence Steele is um, you know, athletic pass blocker because he he did an outstanding job there. I, I, all you have to do is look at the touchdown or not the touchdown, the 47 yard run by Zeke or 49 yard. That right there is the best example of a team that's blocking. I wish we could kind of show it and put it up there but if you get, get a chance to go and watch that play, everybody is doing their job. Everyone's got their guy. Steele's got his guy nine yards back. I mean, that he, he's pushing him into the safety position. Um, but, I mean, the tight ends open it up. It is a perfectly executed play, and that's just an example of kind of what they were doing all along. Um, knowing all of that, Two-point conversion from the one. I'm just, I am just can't even imagine why you wouldn't just say, I'm going to run these big boys with McGovern now playing at some fullback. He's got it figured out there. I, I, I love it. I, I just That's the one call I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised about. But well, I'm just going to save that because in the final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about some decision-making. Yeah. There, okay. there were quite a few of those I've moments. Got a, yeah, I've got a few that, things I want to talk think, about. That I think we can discuss. Uh, a little bit about what happened. And, and again, we're going to put all that in context because when you win, it's very difficult to kill anybody, particularly the coach, when you get a win. But I do think there was some curious moments in that game yesterday that we that we definitely need to talk about. All right, let's let's talk a little bit about this the passing game yesterday. Obviously, they didn't need to do a lot. Uh, Dak was 14 of 22, 188 yards. He had four touchdowns, no interceptions. And this was the key stat for me. <laughs> He was sacked zero times. And this was a team going in. We talked about all last week. They are the top pressure team in the league. They come and get the quarterback. That's what they're predicated on. In the first series, we saw them being really aggressive with a lot of blitzing. And it seemed like either they got tired of that or it just wasn't working because I just didn't see them around Dak a ton once once that game kept going. How ironic is that the first play of the game was a sack. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of threw the ball over – and I can't, I can't believe they even allowed that to happen, Based, especially after what we've seen with the Charger game yeah. and all that. That looked like a sack all the way. You know, forward progress being stopped. We've, we've seen that a couple times. Then to think, okay, that wasn't a sack, and they're not going to get one the entire game. That's amazing. Not to mention, I mean, it worked out, but 
Eh, Dak, maybe <laughs> live to fight another play. Yeah, don't man. do yeah. that. I, it reminded me of what Reggie Bush did in that national title game against Texas. Just would, like it's an amazing play if you pull it off, which Dak did, but could it could also wrong. be very disastrous. <laughs> right, um, could go very wrong. It really, it felt like their pressure was getting to him. To be honest, in the yeah. first half, yeah, in the first half it did. Yeah, and, I mean their scoring drives. You know, the first scoring drive was just they just ran the ball down their throats. I think Dak might have only thrown two passes that entire possession. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed and like the way they were doing it too. They were doing a lot of extra tight end with three tight ends. Sure. Sometimes they were bringing in McGovern Thir- as a thirteen as an extra personnel, yep. a lot of heavy personnel. Exactly. Yep. It it did seem like they struggled to get that figured out. But then that's why I loved. I think halftime adjustments gets overused. I mean, all of these guys are in communication constantly. You adjust as the game goes on, which people will tell you every time. But I did love. I mean, first first possession of the third quarter, they come out. They've been struggling with pressure. They had to punt a few times in the first half. Tony Pollard gets in there, steps up, picks up the blitz, double move, 35-yard touchdown, which if you could just give him that extra fraction of a second, those plays open up when teams bring pressure. And then, yeah, I mean, it's super impressive that they didn't sack him, but from that point, that made it a 2014 game, and from that point, it just felt like they were leaning on him with the run, really. I mean, when you run the ball that many times for that many yards, you're not giving the opposition a lot of opportunity to rush the passer. Yeah, you talk about halftime adjustments, and I don't know if this was a halftime adjustment or if the team just came out with a little more resolve. I don't know what happened, but you think about that coming right out of the out of halftime, they go touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Like that's what that's when I was like, okay, this team's a little different. Well, They're a little different than even what you've seen in the past when you thought they had a pretty good team. Like the ability sometimes when you're at you know when you when you're facing a really good opponent, which I think this is a good opponent. I think the 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 when we get to the end of the season, we'll look at Carolina. Carolina will be a good team. Uh, but that all being said, I think that you know their ability when the, in the first half when things were a little bit like Nikki, you even said it at halftime, you're a little worried. Like I don't know, they're not seeming to to find it. And coming out of half, it's just like pop, 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 just like that. And before you know it, the lead is really big, and it's like here you go. You know. Well, Zeke said they came out with their piss hot, so that was probably why. Oh. Okay. I just I just wanted to throw that's my favorite quote that came out of that game. Not a good my feeling, favorite but. quote was what Dave said in the press box afterwards. What was that? Oh yeah, well, you can't say that on the radio. No, you just said if it's not, you, you need to go with the doctor. Oh, that part. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were talking about something else. Yeah, he's. I was like, what? isn't I was like, isn't everybody's piss hot? Like that's oh. just biology, but <laughs> not hot. All right, we're warm. okay. Let's not go down. Maybe warm, let's not but go down this road. It's hot. You need Actually, to go see somebody. You asked for the big picture, yeah, and we gave it to you. But like the story of this one game for me is Has that the word biology ever been on our show before? Sure, somewhere. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. We're so far off. Go. Stop. What's the big picture? Dave? I Sorry. think that third quarter is the best quarter of football the Cowboys have played in the decade that I've been watching them. Mm. Really? It, it, surround, and that's the funny thing is okay. Surrounded by. Three quarters of like eh football. Especially, I mean the fourth letting them. Which I try not to overreact to Carolina coming back. It's just like the NBA. Like this is the NFL. You it is hard to beat teams by three scores in the NFL. You just don't see it a lot. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo's on a crazy run right now. They've played some bad teams during that stretch, but you just don't see week after week beatdowns in this league. So. You kind of expect Carolina's going to come back a little bit, maybe not as much as they should have. Cowboys probably should have won that game by 15. That yeah. feels fair. Yeah. Um, first and second quarter, kind of eh. But I mean, third quarter, seriously. And offense and defense, by 160 the way. yards yeah. of offense, 20 points, two takeaways. Yeah. They just 
bee slapped them all over the field for a whole quarter. And they didn't even get the football to start the quarter, which no. usually that happens when you dominate the quarter. It means you dominate. You had the whole, you know, you took it the whole time. I mean, I thought the the, the key play of the game was that was the sack on with with the two rookies, uh, Golston and Odigizua. Which, mm. by the way, Micah Parsons really makes that play, but that's yep. that's what he does. Um, did you know? And we looked this up in the in the in the. Um, I asked the PR guys to to look this up in the press box. It's the first time since 2005 with Demarcus Ware, Jay Ratliff, and Chris Candy that that three rookies got a sack in a game. Wow! Really? Yeah. And and, and these aren't just rookies. These are the three that they drafted to help with this pass rush. Yeah. And ironically, what did they do in 2005? That was the year they went all in on defense, and yeah. they, they remade their defense with the draft. Right. Yeah. And Ware may, may, is going to be a, a Hall of Famer. So which one of these guys? Multiple of these guys? Probably the one that was drafted 11th overall, <laughs> which was Ware, and then. Yeah. Let's see. Parsons was tenth, but twelve, which is eleven. But yeah. he wears eleven. I'm gonna go there. You gonna put him in already? Yeah, let's go. Let me put, put him in the Hall of Fame championship. The whole. Nine. I We're wish going all in. I'm not doing that, but it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing what they're getting. He's, yeah. he's awesome. I mean, Parsons. Okay, I don't want to say it's not surprising because I'm surprised by just how amazing he is as quickly. But you at least you put high expectations on a top twelve pick. Osa and and especially Golston. Golston. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, your tweet this. was on point. It's that. unbelievable. Yeah. If and and maybe this isn't fair, but if a rookie who's not a first round pick misses all of training camp, which Neville didn't miss all of training camp, but he's a perfect example. Last year, it took Neville Gallimore till November to really kind of understand what was going on and, and start flashing and start flashing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he was a healthy and active for at least a couple games last season yeah. at the start. Chauncey Golston misses all of training camp. And Mike McCarthy blew me away when he said this. He was like, yeah, this will be the first time he's put on pads since he was at Iowa. That was two weeks ago, and he's out there just kicking people around. Senior I, Bowl? I, what's, what's that? Senior Bowl? Yeah, okay, you're right. Senior Bowl practice. So, just so, because I, I know that was a huge well, story with how Technically, well, he was out of college, but he was still a draft prospect. Hasn't done it at the pro level, let's put it yeah. that way. And for him to come out... I don't even know how many snaps he played. You know, he, he he made a nice play. Both of those guys, not just the sack, on third and one when Darnold was tried to run the quarterback sneak, which I thought, you know, he would get it easily. And it was those two guys that came in there and, and, and stuffed him. He yeah. played 49 snaps. Golston. Second game, no training camp. Half a sack, quarterback hit, five tackles. I mean, I'm not— I had the best he, quote of the, of the day. Sacks too. get racks. Sacks get your racks. <laughs> <laughs> Like it. That's Randy had another good like one too. Money. Where no, you don't have to explain that. To I me. was just making sure. Randy good. keeps rant like it's funny. Like Randy, he knows the reality versus the perception all at the same time. So Randy Gregory has a great game. He has two sacks. He finally gets on the stat sheet, and he's been saying this whole time. He's like, it's not just about sacks. You do this, that, and the other, but you still want the sacks. And today he was like, yeah, I probably should have had another one, and that's a lot of money getting left on the table. Yeah, but you, you, it is what it is. And I'm just like, I appreciate <laughs> that you understand there's more to it than sacks, but you also know what's going to help your contract the most next year. Yeah. Honestly, just listening to his post game, I'm like, I, I would love more Randy Gregory. He's awesome. He's on the mic. Like That, that dude fantastic. is just, listening to him talk, it's just, he's so like insightful. He gives you good answers. You learn a little something from what he's talking about. And he's got the personality to make it interesting. It's just, he's really, really good. I think Randy's been through so much that he doesn't really care about being PC on the microphone, you know? Not that he says all this inappropriate stuff, but he's just going to be real because he's like, oh, 
What's going to happen? My quote's going to get taken out of context? Oh, no. I've right. missed half of my career due to suspension. Who cares? He's going to tarnish for a start. Yeah. No, I, lo- I love listening to him talk after game. All right, we're going to take our first, our first break. When we come back, we got to get to who I think was the player of the game, uh, Mr. Trayvon Diggs. An exciting game for him. A really good game. And then something interesting in the fourth quarter that we got to talk about and what that means maybe going forward. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Hey, these rally days are working here, so let's make sure to go to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, October the 9th to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Take on a tour of the stadium, play some games, get autographs. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for tickets and more information. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. we got to talk about Trayvon Diggs. Man, this dude is a legit baller. He yesterday had two interceptions, one that he took back for a touchdown. Um, he now has five in the first. Well, he didn't I'm have sorry, a not, touchdown sorry, not, yesterday. Not, yes, not pick six yesterday. Pick six yes, I mean, week, last week. But he has five interceptions in four games. Um, everything he's doing is just different than what we've seen around here from the cornerback position. Maybe going back, and I, I saw a tweet from from our buddy Clarence Hill where he was kind of comparing him to Dion. Obviously really early. But the point that he was making, which I agree with, is I don't know that we've seen a cornerback that was a playmaker of that ilk since mm-hmm. Deion Sanders. There hasn't been one on this team uh, since Deion Sanders. And so not trying to say he's Dion yet, but he certainly adds something to your team that you didn't have, that you haven't had in a very, very long time. No. They drafted Terrence Newman to be this type of guy. Terrence was a, a good player. He really was. And uh, uh, very, very athletic Um and, you know, he played for a long time. I think he played 
12 years maybe um maybe longer and was than solid maybe for a longer very long than time, that yeah. I, I, he played a long time and um i actually he did i think maybe 15 years to be honest with you um and and the thing about him was but but he he didn't make as many plays on the ball as what we've seen uh with Diggs doing and i thought his interception was very very telling because he really wasn't playing the first i'm talking about the first one the second one is just a unbelievable play but the first one he's really playing safety you know, just understanding. He does a great job of looking at those quarterbacks' eyes. So I thought all of his interceptions this year, he really is studying. You can tell he studies these quarterbacks. He knows what they're doing. He knows what they're trying to do out there and throwing the ball. And he just beats them to the punch. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. To be honest with you, I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the interception totals for the league leaders for the last couple of years. Xavier Howard led the NFL last year with ten. New England's J.C. Jackson was behind him with nine. Tyron Matthew had six. It's the leaders for the entire season. Mm-hmm. And he's at five. He's at five after four games. 2019, Janoris Jenkins had nine. Tredavious White, Anthony Harrison, Stephon Gilmore had six for the season. Those, that's the top five league lead. So yeah. he's, he's got he's, he has a Pro Bowl resume after four weeks. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration. No. Uh, I so I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what else to say. And I mainly, I kind of said this tongue in cheek yesterday, but I'm serious. Like Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown should probably spend some time with the Jugs machine because they're going to stop throwing at him. Yeah. Why? Why would you keep doing it? Especially you think who's on the schedule upcoming? You got a rookie quarterback on the horizon in Mac Jones. He's 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 captain checkdown right now, which he probably should be. He's a rookie. Yeah. Um, Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. He had a great game yesterday. Four hundred yards yesterday. Right. He had a great game yesterday, but still not somebody who probably wants to. He'll definitely throw it away at times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Kirk Cousins is pretty good. I'm just trying to think, but you're not playing like a murderer's row of quarterbacks up until you get to Mahomes. So yeah. I would stop throwing at the guy. I mean, I don't want him to. But that's what I would do if I were game planning for this defense. What makes that's it hard? Go ahead. Well, I was saying that's what that's what, that that sounds good. But then what I was talking about with that first interception, they played like a zone coverage there. He was kind of right in the middle of the field and mm-hmm. just, I mean, so it's not necessarily just him locking down his guy the whole time. Yep, I agree with that. But also, what makes it difficult in this instance is opponents want to be able to throw at their top wide receiver. And if he's on your top wide receiver most of the day, that means you're basically saying we're not going to go to our top wide receiver. And some teams don't have that luxury. You know, you look at the Cowboys, they got a lot of options. A lot of teams don't have those kinds of options. So if you say I'm going to take away your top receiver for a lot of teams, that kills their offense and what they want to do. Which is funny. I haven't had a chance to watch it back. But I assume Trayvon covered DJ Moore a lot. DJ Moore had a wonderful day. Yeah, he did. Had a, which his second touchdown was when Trayvon came off the field with his back tightness, which I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about. But he, DJ Moore had some success even against Trayvon Diggs. But what's fun is if you can get me one or two of those plays a game, I mean, it's a big ask, but I'll take that all day. Same thing, Keenan Allen statistically had a pretty damn good day, but we don't. it didn't read that way because Trayvon Diggs was able to take the ball away, get it back to the offense, and limited him from scoring and doing all kinds of crazy damage. So uh, it's, it's hidden a little bit, but... When you weigh it, I'll I'll take that all day if you tell me Trayvon Diggs can get you the ball back like yeah, that. Yeah, look, the game is built for cornerbacks to lose. Like This is mm-hmm. not the day of Deion Sanders where he, he could do a lot of things back in the day that defensive backs just can't do anymore. And so this game is built so that cornerbacks will lose. I want a cornerback that, yeah, you're going to lose some, 
but give me some big wins. And that's what he does. He gets you the big wins, even though he's going to lose some, which every cornerback in the league is going to lose some because okay. that's how the game is structured. Let's talk a little bit about um, the, uh, the the five sacks that the Cowboys had yesterday. Uh, Gregory had two. Uh, you had Parsons, Basham, uh, Golston, and Odigizua both had half a sack. Uh, what was the key to their pressure against this team? I have no choice but to give a lot of credit to Dan Quinn. And I think something Randy said yesterday really stuck with me, which was, and this goes without saying, based on what we've seen, he's like, yeah, Dan knows where to put guys to give them the best chance to succeed. And when you, I wrote about this last night, shameless plug, you can go read it. Um, for them to be without everything that they're without in the front seven and get, and we know Carolina's offensive line is not amazing. It's not, you know, I get that. They'll play better offensive lines. But for them to dial up pressure like this with a couple rookies, three rookies all playing their first month of the season, a journeyman like Terrell Basham. Randy Gregory's a good player, but again, we probably overvalue the guys that we cover. Nobody nobody thinks of Randy Gregory as an all-pro caliber guy around the league. And for them to dial all that up without stalwarts, I guess, and just having guys coming from this, that, and every direction. You see them running games. You pointed out it was Micah that really blew that play up that allowed Osa and Golston to come in. I think that's just impressive scheming by Dan Quinn. I'm excited to go back and take a closer look at what they did. Yeah, and I think that you know it's only going to get a little bit better now. You, you know, you know that there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be you know things that that happen. That's part of the the league. But you know, to think of the the success they're having on defense and without their their best player, really. I mean, I, I think he's their best player. He was their best. He player. He was. He's. I don't know if he still is. He's losing but he ground. Was. Well, but he's he, he's losing ground, and he's probably not losing much as a player either. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, he he looked. Demarcus Lawrence, we're talking about, and he had um, you know, he looked like he was in great shape, and he had a good game that first game. Then he gets hurt, you know, in practice of the next week. So you expect him to be back. Expect Neville Gallimore to be back. Um. I don't know about expecting anything with Tristan Hill, but I, he's you know he's still here and he he should be back at some point. Uh, Kelvin Joseph is getting close to coming back. Now I don't know he doesn't jump right in and you know jump over Anthony Brown, who by the way had had a really nice game. Yeah, um, dropped a pass right right. I mean he yeah. dropped a pass for an interception. Which you, as you as we've said on this show, it's it's the difference between. You yeah. know, being the the player of the month and being just a good solid cornerback, right? Anthony Brown. Yeah. But I mean, I like the fact that he's jumping routes, he's in position, he he he's playing pretty well. He, he I thought he played great yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It's a it it stings that he dropped what I mean. That's an that's yeah. an, that's as, about as easy a pick as you're gonna get. That would have been his second or third. This second year. second he had one last week. Yeah. You know. Um. That but he played a really nice game. He had a few breakups. He was good in coverage. It's, it's, was good. it's the pressure, though, to me. It's the pressure that's getting there that's allowing these guys to play with their eyes, jump in front of routes, and, and you know, and it's also the safety help, too, and trusting those guys back there. I think, you know, Casey's done a, done a good job. I mean, they, it's just, it's fun. It's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun time, but I really believe it's the pass rush, and it's a guy like Parsons who is just lining up everywhere. Yesterday was the one example of him probably doing as like almost 50-50 it felt like it was the most versatile he's been this year yeah. because week 1 he was all linebacker then he was all edge and he was definitely bouncing around yesterday yeah it was awesome i loved it yeah the um 
The the interesting thought that I had though after the game, and I'd be interested to get you guys' opinion. They still gave up 28 points, and as you said, DJ Moore had a really good day. There were moments in that game that it didn't look great for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. What do you think was the 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 biggest challenge that the Cowboys defense faced yesterday in in giving up the points and the yards that they gave up? I think they underestimated Sam Darnold's ability to run. I think that that helped them. That helped early on, and then they kind of button that up in the second half but um you know i thought chupa hubbard did a, did a nice job for them but you know let's let's be honest if we're gonna sit here and say these guys that the cowboys are missing d law and keanu neal and gallimore let's not forget the all pro player that christian mccaffrey is yeah and and, and and they they certainly missed him um, you think that's a different game yesterday if christian mccaffrey played i can't say that it wouldn't be i mean yeah i think it is it was an eight point game he, he he's a he's a really good player because he helps them get off the field. I mean, like on third and downs and stuff like that, he can. That's he can what I was them. about to say. They so they killed them on third down. They did. Particu- well, particularly in the first half. Yeah, I think they were four of six. Yep. Credit to the Cowboys. They buttoned down, and I think they went zero of six. Their first six opportunities in the third quarter or second half. But Christian McCaffrey is exactly the type of player that murders you on third down, yeah. and so. Running yeah. and catching, yeah. yeah. So I think it's, I yeah. think it's fair to say it's a different game, more um, more so than to say well D Law was out there, you know. And maybe maybe we're burying the lead a little bit here too because a big part of that was just a bizarre fourth quarter, right? Like yeah. the way the fourth quarter played out changed probably everything about the way you thought about that game. We joked about it again yesterday. You were like, time to write, it's time to start writing that story, Dave. It's whatever the score was, 36 to 14. And yeah. then all of a sudden they score, and I'm like, maybe oh, don't just, a just second don't for say me. that stuff anymore. <laughs> hold just a second for me. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, Zeke said it himself. They, I mean, they let him off the mat. They didn't, they had a chance. They heard we he was, were who we he, thought they were. He was full of, he was full of good quotes yesterday. He was like, I want to see us choke somebody out. And they did, yes, they had that opportunity. Zeke, Zeke yeah. <laughs> and he, they didn't yesterday. And I said it's bizarre because I, I, I pulled this up to make sure I'm not crazy. Mike McCarthy said Trayvon Diggs could have returned to that game if he needed to. That is a great tease. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to lead into the decisions made by the head coach yesterday. There were several uh, that we need to talk about, and that being one of them, and pulling him and and whether he should have come out or not. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. 
and a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Check out the new Miller Lighthouse located outside the AT&T Stadium. Enjoy yard games and Cowboys, cheerleaders, performers, beer gardens, and more. Game ticket is required. For more information, visit attstadium.com slash Miller Lighthouse. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. So we got to talk about the coaching decisions from yesterday. It was uh, I saw a, a, uh, another employee as I was leaving the stadium yesterday, and he was like, man, I don't know if I've ever seen a coach be uh be be getting killed as much as this coach is getting killed after a win but you could just feel it on social media people were unhappy with a lot of the decisions it wasn't just one there were multiple decisions that were made yesterday that fans just thought were bad decisions and so let's go through some of those i want to get your opinions on them we've been talking about trayvon diggs obviously he was having a phenomenal game had two interceptions after the second interception uh, the the Cowboys score a touchdown, and then defense comes back on the field, and Trayvon's not there, and he's not there for the rest of the fourth quarter. What was the rationale uh, that, that Coach McCarthy gave after the game? Or take us back. What was the rationale in-game that we heard, and then what was the rationale that he gave after the game as to why Trayvon was out of the game? Well, I honestly think those are kind of one and the same. The explanation we got in the press box was load management, mm-hmm. right? Which, Which means made, he's not hurt, but... They're they're resting him. They're dealing with him. And then after the game, they say he has back tightness, which is okay. So there is a health concern. And and I don't like to speculate too much about people's health, but the the money quote from the head coach of the team, I'm reading it verbatim. He could have returned. He could have returned in the game if needed to. I know it was something. I think he got a cleat on it. He got stepped on at some point. But if he – so he could have returned. That's really – that's all I need to hear. Um so that's that's interesting, and it just makes me wonder if maybe they got a little bit ahead of themselves and thought that this thing was wrapped up with, what, uh, 12 minutes, 13 minutes to play in the game. Well, although it got close, was it? I mean, they ultimately yeah. ended up winning, so was it still the right, right decision? Right. That's that's. It's kind of like when you play a prevent de- defense yeah. and you give up touchdowns. It's like the, the, the idea is to make sure that you don't score quickly. And um, – do you have time? Time's on your on your side here, and so yeah. I mean, they did they did do what they needed to do to win the game. Now we haven't seen this team run the ball out for four minutes like that very often. So I mean, got to give them credit for that. That's not something we had seen. You're playing it a little too risky, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. If if you do load management, it means that the guy has had something. You know, he's dealing with something. He's playing through it. But here we are. If we get a chance to to, to pull him out of the game, let's do that. So. I can see where it can be both. It can be a little back issue. Mm-hmm. It can be resting. But, you know, if you have to play him, you have to play him. But if you don't have to play him, I'd like to rest them. And that's kind of what they did. Yeah. No, I get it. And, well, 
I don't love everything that happened there, but I will take this opportunity to be a smartass and point out, like, <laughs> are, are people in Carolina right now saying, oh, well, Darnold did all that in garbage time. The Cowboys were resting their players, because that's what Dak got for years, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that so... So which is it? Like, is it impressive that Darnold did that, or were the Cowboys resting their guys? Does it matter that Dak is capable? Always two stories after every NFL game, right? Sure. Um, Which, yeah, you would like that to not have gotten as close as it was, but if Trayvon was really dealing with something, you have a 20-point lead, I get the rationale. I... I'll bet you. I, I said this during the break. I'll bet you ten dollars if they hadn't run the clock out, he would have been on the field with Carolina down eight, less than two I minutes to play so. or whatever. Well, they been. needed to. Now that would have been a story if they didn't, and then they go down and tie up the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. What's in the really more than anything, more than sitting Trayvon Diggs because again, yeah, you're going to play soft defense. You're you just want them to bleed clock, right? They can score all the touchdowns they want as long as you make them work for it, which. One of my least favorite things that happened in this game was the not even just them converting the fourth and eight, but getting 55 yards on a fourth and eight, uh, 454 to play. They're on their own 32. You would like to think that they're, you're going to make them march the field and take another two minutes off the clock. They get all the way down to the 13 in one play. So that's that's a bust. And then the other one. And you know I love Kellen Moore, and I love throwing the ball. But third and three with 7.05 to play, you've just run at will on this team all day, and you take, a, you take that opportunity to take a shot to CeeDee Lamb. I don't, I don't think that's the right idea. Which, again, you, you're going to love every play call that works and hate every play call that doesn't. But just run the ball. Keep the clock moving. Now, even if you just get that first down and then punt three plays later, you th- now the clock is at four minutes instead of seven. You think I think that was a belly rub play? For CD? I mean, it's- Schultz, Jarwin, Cedric, Amari, they've all scored touchdowns. They've all had big games. Pollard's having a nice game. Zeke's having a great game. If you, you want know? to rub his belly, do it on first or second down. When you're at third and three in that situation, in my opinion, I don't even – like I, I hear what you're saying, what run the ball – but the way I look at it is, even if they didn't want to run the ball, there are so okay. many plays in this offense You're right. that can get you three yards to keep the chains moving, rather than going on a on a a high a low percentage play yeah. throwing the ball downfield. I don't care if it's run or pass, but right. something high percentage, right? Leak Dalton out into the flat or whatever you want to do, something that's got a higher success rate. And I don't really, I don't think that maybe maybe CD's got us all fooled, but. He he seems just as at peace as Amari does with the way that this all works. Yeah, uh, his fantasy owners aren't. But hey, well, that's hey, beside the point. This is not a good fantasy. Team if you if you're counting that. if you're <laughs> counting not. on the Cowboys to carry you in fantasy, unless it's Dak, I say or, or Zeke. Zeke is doing maybe because Zeke is doing this. You say that, but you know everybody was up in arms for the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, but find a running back that's not going to have a week or two when they're not yeah, going to be I'm, getting great numbers. But he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. yeah, but I wouldn't is wanna, not a great. I wouldn't want to count on most of the guys yeah, no, on this team neither. for fantasy points. Even um, even Dak didn't get you a lot of yards, but he got touchdowns. He got four oh. touchdowns. I'm good with that. He, I'll take that. I I am a Dak owner. He had a nice day. Yeah, I'll, was I will just take fine. that. Even on his bad days, he's going to be okay. But yeah, just some of some of the some of the decision making there. That play call, I haven't had a chance to watch it back. But whatever happened on the fourth down. And then yeah, I mean having having Diggs and a few other a few other veterans were out as well. We mentioned Jalen Smith was out. Let's talk about the two minute conversion because you I mean the two point conversion. You talked about that a little <laughs> earlier. Cowboys get a touchdown. I think it was an eighteen yard pass to Jarwin. Um, after that, then they get a, a penalty because uh, there were twelve men on the field for the defense. So now it sets up a scenario where for the extra point you have one yard versus two. 
Cowboys decide, okay, well, instead of taking you know some yards and still kicking it, we're going to go for two points from the one. Now, I don't necessarily have a huge problem with that decision. I just need it to match up. If you're going to do that, the only reason you go for it with one less yard is if you figure, hey, running behind this big mammoth, you know, when we go big type thing, mm-hmm. one yard's a little easier than two, then you say, okay, let's do it. But my problem is really about the fact that you make it two versus one and then you try to throw the ball. And as you told me, Nick, in the press box, you throw it on a pass route that isn't even in the end zone. You force your your tight end to have to try to get into the end zone. What did you yeah, guys think I about mean, the decision? Dalton Schultz has never been, you know, uh, a guy that, you know, mistaken for – Mike Allstott. I mean, he's not just going to run over people. So get him, get him in the end zone. I, yeah, I mean, see, you just—I didn't understand that. You're going to do that, like you said. You move it from two to one. That means you're probably going to run it. And if they stop you at the one, then they stop you at the one. But um, I didn't, I didn't love that play call. And maybe it was checked out. I mean, maybe that he looked at it and looked at the front and said, "Oh, this is this is the play." But um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love that play. But I, I was okay with going for it at that point, percent, especially. Sorry, dude, but one, one point I think you have to always throw in. There's no chart. There's no. There's no. You know, nobody's got a, a, a cheat sheet for two point conversions. Nothing on that ever says if your kicker is struggling. If you, what is your confidence in your kicker? Do you think this was about the kicker and your confidence? In no, the kicker? no, I don't think it's. I don't think we're at that point. I just think look at the percentages. If we're going to do analytics, what do the analytics say to get two points for a one yard run or? One point for a 34-yard extra point. And he's already missed one. So, I mean, there's probably a better chances to get the two points from the one-yard line. And I don't have a strong take on this. Actually, that play... That play gave me warm and fuzzy flashbacks because it reminded me a lot of the two-point conversion the Saints ran in Super Bowl 44 against the Colts. Lance Moore catches it in the flat. Same thing happened. He got hit right at the inch line, and he extended and hit the pylon and got the two points. Uh, so, I don't know. I just I thought the defender made a great play. Sometimes that happens. I mean, with the way they were running the ball, sure. Maybe just run it, be a little less cute, but... I just thought the defender made a great play. I mean, to to hit a tight end and just stop his momentum like that completely, I think more often than not, Dalton Schultz is going to win that. So it didn't work. I'm not super mad about it. No, I, I was fine with him going for two there. Yep. No, going for two, yeah, from the one-yard line, I'm – I mean, that sounds dumb because it's normally on the three anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't necessarily understand his rationale on the other two points. Like, you know, why not do it when you're up – you know, because then, then on the on the next time when they they scored to take a nineteen to fourteen lead, they could have gone for two to make it seven, but, right. they, but they didn't. That's fine. Six points is is that's two field goals. But then they scored again to make it twenty six to fourteen, and then they did go for two to try to. Go but I do kind of understand that. So what's just that because I don't. But I, I'm not saying I'm arguing with you. Yeah. But I'm just saying, what's the difference of saying we got to be up two touchdowns? Uh, but we don't want to be up one touchdown. Well, I, I think the way I look at it is in in the first scenario, the situation is now you miss it. Now you're down by five. five. And and now that means you're down by like literally they, they can get two field goals and win the game. So for me, I'm like, I don't want to chase points at that point. Now, when I'm up two scores, now I'll take a chance because if I don't, I'm still up two scores and I feel a little bit better about that. So I, I could get I, that rationale yeah. a little bit more. But I, again, we're talking about preferences. Like we're talking about, I don't think 
any of this necessarily in yeah. th- this particular part, this particular decision, to me was like, you made a huge mistake. You were absolutely wrong. I don't think it's that. I just think it's like, hey, this is this is a scenario that could work. This is another scenario that could also work. Both could be true. I just feel vindicated because I said there was going to be a weird number, and 36 is a weird <laughs> number. Yeah. I thought it was – I mean, I, I said 25-20. I didn't think that the offense was going to look that Derek, explosive. Derek, you said they win by eight. You did. Did I? Maybe. 24-16. There you go. I sure did. Yeah. Are we, do we have time to talk about the declined face mask? Third, yeah, third. yeah. that's where I was going next. Okay. And uh, and that was one that was really interesting. 13-22 left in the second quarter. Oh, my God. Is it really 13-22 yeah, left? 13-22 left in the second quarter. <laughs> uh, it was second and 12 at the Carolina 23. They have an incomplete pass, and there's a face mask on Carolina. Um, the Here was the interesting part. The Cowboys decided to decline it which meant that now it's 3rd and 12 at the Carolina 23. If they would have accepted, it would have been 2nd and 23 at the Carolina 12. I know it's a lot of numbers. A lot, And they're only 1, 2, and 3. Those right, are only numbers. exactly. Especially when you said there was, what, 13, 12? Yeah, 13, 22. Jeez. 13, 22, yeah. Um, <laughs> in the second quarter, 2nd and 12. Yeah, everything about it All was right. just really weird at the Carolina 23. So 3rd third, right. third down, either 3rd and You're either going to have 3rd and 12 or 2nd and 23. He opted for 3rd and 12. Was that the right decision? It wasn't the right decision based off of what happened. It wasn't the right decision. Well, but in right retrospect, then. let's let's go back to and before you see the result. Yeah. Right? Was I it d- the right decision at that point? And I, and I did say to you I didn't like this call. But, I mean, I got a guy on, to my left over here that's saying I would decline this. And I'm and I'm thinking about it, too. And then I said to you I, I don't think I would. Yeah, I would Mainly either. because the further I can push you back to your goal line, the less uh, aggressive I think you're going to be to try to get this first down. That's a good point because I I agree with you're talking about Todd Archer. Yeah, I I agree with Todd honestly. And then, you would you would have declined it. I think and that's I think this is a classic case of just killing the decision that doesn't work no yeah. matter what happens because and this is you talk about PTSD as a football fan. How many times in your life as a football fan have you watched a holding call back a team up to like second and twenty? And then you, they get two shots to pick up 20 yards, and the first play always goes for, like, 18. And you're like, damn it, like, 20 yards, and you just gave it up right there, and now it's just third and two? Like, what was the flag even for? Happens all the time. And I think giving people an extra bite at the apple, maybe it makes them more conservative, but Sam Darnold's not a rookie, and it it's clearly seems like they trust him. I don't think they would have changed their game plan, and I have no problem believing they pick up 17 of those 23 yards on second down you know i mean the way that they were again dj moore had a nice night like they they had success on offense uh so i i like the idea of third thir- third and long i mean it's third and long you, you should be able to get off the field on third they and had 12. been converting those third and longs and they i think it may have been a maybe a possession before that or so they had two third longs that they converted but my, my point is and and this is where i had a problem with it i'm still gonna make you do it twice like you just said that like Third and 12, you got to do it once, right? If it's third, I'm sorry, second and 23, you got to do that basically twice. But I already made you do it twice. I already made you, you got three yards on first down and you threw the ball out of bounds on second down. I made you do it twice. No, no, what I'm saying is when you got to pick up 23 yards on second down, now you got two shots to be able to do it. Like both times you got to get over 10 yards, on average of over 10 yards on two different plays. That's where I'm like, I'm going to make you do it twice versus just one time. You third 12, you get one play that gets you 12, 13, 14, 15 yards. It's a first down. Can you at least I'm going to make you do it twice. Can you I I really think that this is a situation where there isn't a right or wrong answer. 
it's going to work or it's not. But can you at least acknowledge that you would probably be frustrated if you put them in second and 23 and they picked up enough yardage to where it's third and six and you're like, oh, crap, wish we hadn't given them two shots at this. Yes, but I also will say this. The likelihood that then they pick up that third and six, eh, they still got to do it, right? Sure. And so the way I look at it is, at the end of, again, I, you're right. There's probably This is probably not one of those situations where it's like there is a clear right and wrong answer. I'm just saying I would have preferred make them go longer. Make Even if you give them an extra down, make them go 23 yards over those two downs versus just one bite at the apple to go 12. One other factor into this, too, and in, in going into the game, somebody told me because I think – you know, the Cowboys were talking about it. This game is going to be a weirdly officiated game. Yeah. And it was. There were some weird kind of wonky plays in there. So, yeah, that's, going that's to, a good way to put but it. But yeah. going to Dave's point on, you know, to get off the field twice, all it takes is a, a legal contact five-yard penalty by Jordan Lewis at the line of scrimmage to give you an automatic first down. So all I'm saying is is that you got to be smart about that, but, you know, I, I can see I can see the, the the logic on getting off the field one time versus two. Me personally, if it's that close to the goal line, I think I would just push him back a little bit more. Like I, I really I and that, I I think it, what bugs me is people are so certain so, all the yeah. time. They're just like this was the dumbest thing that's ever happened, yeah. or this was genius. And he made some fourth down calls that that they got first down early in the game. They did a fourth and two. They got it. You know, I mean, no one no one says that kind of stuff. No, yeah. Nobody talks about game management usually when they win, except for this team we're talking about it for the last three weeks they it ha- i mean it comes up i this was well the the fourth quarter was just weird i don't know and it didn't it didn't bite them in the ass but the trayvon thing management versus health i don't know that's yeah. i care way more about that than this because 90 percent of the time if you tell me we're gonna put them in third and 12 i'm like yeah i hopefully trust my defense to get off the field in that situation it did not work this time i but will acknowledge i also think part of this is that um every week there seems to be something that is questionable with regards to decisions and so for again i'm speaking from the standpoint of those people who are really having a problem with a lot of these things they're like okay you can't tell me that every week there is all there are all these decisions that are questionable because I, i'll put it like this i don't remember us doing this with Jason, like it wasn't a every week. There were moments, don't get me wrong, but I don't remember it being every week. We're like, man, what was, what was the decision with that? Like last week with the whole clock management thing, like that was a bit of a problem. They didn't lose, but that's also where I just think part of this is people don't trust McCarthy at this point. And so for everything, he's never going to get the benefit of the doubt because people have already built that up because of all these weeks when there have been things that are questionable. I got a take for you. I, I, I appreciate it. It's at least interesting and also like, yeah, I think I think that's the big thing with McCarthy is people just don't know what he's going to do. And it yeah. doesn't seem like there's a lot of rhyme or reason to it. Maybe there's not. There was rhyme or reason to Jason, and it was just to kind of be a wimp. <laughs> Unless it was just there for you. Like, I remember we used to give Jason a standing ovation when he went for it on fourth and one from the opponent's 44-yard line. And that like that is not a – that's not aggressive or impressive. That's just what you're supposed to do. So – I don't know. It can be. It's kind of frustrating. Just it's hard figuring out the way McCarthy thinks about this stuff. But it's way more entertaining than what we were used to. <laughs> and you're always down for the entertainment. Absolutely. Value. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll give you guys a big picture look around the NFC East. Interesting things happen, I guess. There, Cowboys have another NFC East game this week. We'll start getting you ready for that as well. For Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and I'm Derek Eagleson. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. 
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!